Welcome to Musical Mindset, where we take a deep dive into the process of making music. Subes, what are we talking about today? In person. In person. The first ever in person. Which is kind of wild. I mean, this is the first conversation we've ever had in person. So, I mean, this is unprecedented, <laughs> really. You and I have never spoken in person before. Uh, so this was nice. It was great meeting you. I thought, you thought we talked fast and, <laughs> and really quickly without pausing before. Wait mm-hmm. till you oh see it now. And, and let me say, I, I do usually listen to podcasts at 1.2 or 1.25 speed because I just like need things to happen faster but like not our podcast (laughs) because that's that's a little too much uh harebrained energy for that and if you're wondering why I'm coming in super hot and plosive this I'm 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 on my SM57 which I have almost never used for any reason (laughs) so we're coming in hot from Sub's house in in a very in a nearly empty room because you're about to leave tomorrow morning Yep, tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Just a man and his lizard. <laughs> the su- this Matt Super story of man and his lizard, who I met for the first time. Oh my gosh, wait, did I even say what we were talking about today? Or no, I don't think so. Oh, okay, no. let me say that real All quick. Right. Today we're talking about the necessity of failure in general, but also specifically regarding music. <laughs> I love how like we actually don't have that problem in... Uh, <laughs> It, online where we're like pausing with you talk first like, but like the first thing that happens is we look at each other and go because ah, ah, ah. we could literally see each other's mouths so i'm just like oh, uh. yeah and, and and i feel like this is like uh, maybe the the topic and i feel like it's just come up the most in terms of like everything else like even the songwriting one which we just did the idea of like you can only get good at something by doing it a lot and if you start doing something that you're not good at yet you can only get better by just really like really valuing the time you spend being bad in terms of like, or even when you first start learning an instrument, there's such a beautiful moment where you have like a breakthrough early on. And in the first like year or two of playing an instrument, you get so much better. Like every, you know, a couple of months you put into it, you're so much better, so much better than the other things. And then you reach a point where you kind of stop failing, where you like, you're not like running into major problems anymore, just in terms of like, playing a lead line, playing a power chord where it's like, oh, I'm not constantly being faced with failure and basically you have to go really far out of your way to keep getting better because until you just remove obstacles, like most of that stuff is going to happen automatically. Like the things that go wrong first are the things you need to address. So the idea of like, if you want to keep getting better, you, you need to keep putting yourself in situations where you might fail. Yeah. And what I like about this topic too is it's it's, it transcends music too. It's like mm-hmm. literally just a universal truism. Like if you think you're going to go do anything new and immediately be good at it, like just no, <laughs> you're not. It goes for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm literally, um, for the context of people who are listening in, uh, the rack that were in this empty room in my apartment and then I'm leaving at four in the morning, I'm moving to Indiana to start working at Sweetwater. So it's a good, it's a good topic for me to keep in mind as I go there because, you know, especially being in music for so long, I am often actually like get frustrated with things when they don't happen very smoothly because I'm so used and have put the time in for a lot of things. So I get immediately frustrated when I'm like, why do I keep failing at this thing? I don't do that anymore in music mm. stuff. But this is going to be definitely putting me right back to back to square one where it's like, okay, here, you know, I'm still inside of music and I'm still dealing with all this gear and all this stuff, but also in a completely different context in which I have to be willing to fail over mm. and over again at this job Um, the sales engineer position where I'm like, Hey, I might know a lot about the gear, but I don't, you know, I've never been in sales before. 
Um, so there's a whole entire aspect, or even though I know a decent amount about the gear, I certainly do not know everything I'm going to have to know. I probably don't even know mm-hmm. even close to half or a quarter of the things I will have to learn throughout the Sweet Auto University within the first 14 weeks. So that is definitely a topic that will, you know, transcends music, but also is extremely useful for me to hear right now, uh, given the fact that I'm going into a new a new era of kind of my music career here and failure is going to be inevitable. It is going to be evident even if I go in with the mindset of like, I'm just going to kill it. It's like after, <laughs> after six months of gruesomely uh, failing at things and making mistakes. Yeah. Then uh, maybe, then maybe I'll start to get somewhere. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm in almost the same situation in that I'm wearing a Sweetwater shirt. So, like, I think you and I are both, like, we're right there together in that. Well, yeah, and let me say, as someone on the outside, I'm excited to watch you fail. Um, and I think I've said just, like, yeah, yeah, just going to go there and really fuck it up. But, like, yeah, honestly, because, I mean, and especially even even just knowing the, the tiniest bit amount about what that first portion looks for you, like, it's so much of, like, yeah, like, because I think the thing we, we naturally do to protect ourselves is avoid situations where we can fail because it's scary and it feels like it reflects badly on us. But the idea of, like, putting yourself in a situation that afterwards you're going to be really happy with about spending just, like, you know, what would you say it is, six weeks, eight weeks? Uh, 14. 14, Jesus Christ. Of just, like, comprehensively, like, filling in every gap in your knowledge is like, oh, yeah, that's something that would be, you'd be really hard-pressed to put yourself in that situation. But once you do it, you'll be like, now I have this knowledge. Now, like, I can go a little bit further in every aspect because I've, you know, filled in the gaps of anything that was there. Now I have a much stronger foundation to build upon, which I think, yeah, I agree. I think it's so much harder to do once you have some, and I'll say even just, like, passing comfort, whether it's on an instrument or in your industry or whatever it is you're passionate about doing like once you are you know competent let's say which competent can mean a lot of things in this case like competent meaning like the bare minimum that you're willing to accept like there's such a and and even we've talked about it in times like I think we both had the experience that there was a period in our life that we were just better at at least one thing like let's just say at playing guitar like I don't think we're either of us at a place where like this is the best I've ever been just as a player but with that the idea of like whatever you're willing to put focus on that's what you'll grow so like in the last couple years like I think I've got become a much worse guitarist but a much better producer and mix engineer so just like where do you put your effort and energy in that's the thing that you were like gonna make grow yeah and then all the other areas you focus on too and you build up as long as you're staying generally in the same area will also help you transcend to other things too because like I can say for certain, had I not done music before going to a job like this, even though it is primarily a sales job, it is Mm. a sales job of music gear. So had I not had the experience I had in college and growing up playing all this music stuff, it's like all that stuff still lends itself to be extremely useful Mm -hmm. going into this where I would imagine, you know, just being a person in sales and not knowing anything about music gear or any of that. I, I will say I would, I've never been in sales, but I am... I feel better about it going in knowing a bunch about the products already than just uh, being a salesperson mm-hmm. and having to learn everything about it. The, Cause there's the ground so up. much yeah, learning in music. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind is like, you know, the more you're willing to fail at something and the more knowledge you're willing to accrue and you know, the more mistakes you are willing to make, the more wisdom you gain and the more knowledge, you know, that'll actually help you when you're making the other mistakes and even make mean you maybe have to make less mistakes mm. in certain things because you're accruing those things, but it's only because you were willing to do it in the first place and willing to be bad at it because had I, you know, put, picked up the guitar in which I sucked at for the first however many years 
and said, well, I'm just not as good as this person, so I'm just not going to do it. And like, it, you know, that's another thing I think that could be useful for this conversation is too, is like just the comparison of like, well, it's, it's much more useful to compare yourself to yourself than it uh-huh. is to compare yourself to other people. Because like you can always find someone who's better at any given thing at anything uh-huh. on that thing. But the question is, well, are you improving? And also, what do you want to be improving? And like, we, you know, you talked about the guitar thing where it's like, well, you know, neither one of us are are peak guitar playing right now, but also the fact that we got to that point on guitar in the first place by no means means we're now like terrible guitar players. (laughs) We can still, you know, play things and write things that Mm. are now useful for other things we want to pursue. And I think that, but we couldn't have gotten there without the thing to begin with. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's just, uh, I don't even know exactly where I was going with that rant, but I just feel like it's necessary uh, in that way, I guess. Yeah. And and I think what you were kind of saying, like at least as far as the guitar thing, like guitar more in service of other things that we're working on and growing versus just like staring at our guitar playing ability being like this is the only thing that matters because I think like very much leading into different things where I would say like yeah like growth as a, a guitar player in a songwriting context is very different than like how technically capable am I at guitar in this specific moment like there's placing value in different things and I think the comparison comparison thing is really interesting especially with this day and age where like I watch like just by virtue of the type of stuff I follow on Instagram, I see so much really amazing musicianship on Instagram and especially the way that those formats are or TikTok or anything like the way that those formats are is like the wanting to distill the most impressive thing as quickly as possible because that's how to make an impact. Like the idea of like, oh, it's a slow burn. It's like somebody already scrolled away. Like I actually watched an interesting, um, do you follow Samurai Guitarist on YouTube at all? Yes. Yeah, he did an interesting one just about like, yeah, which I think there is a double-edged sword because I mean, and we have talked a lot about, and I do fully believe in the idea of like setting benchmarks for yourself so that you can tell if you're getting better because I think the idea of, there will always be someone better. It's like, it's never been easier to see someone be better at anything than you than right now. Like right now, if you want to see someone amazing at the top of their craft, like you just literally need to find the tag on Instagram and be like, now here is 20,000 hours of content that is going to be people better than you playing their instrument. Like that is so available right now. And it's so... And it kind of gives a wrong idea, which I'm glad that there was less of that, at least when I started guitar playing, because even as someone who occasionally posts guitar videos, I can say based on my own like energy on it, like I don't think I've ever posted something on Instagram, at least not as like a main thing that I didn't maybe record at least 10 times to as many as like 30 times if I'm really not happy with it. Like the amount that I'm like even willing to accept to myself. And then that the idea of like, if all you see is like this encapsulation of like, here's the best, coolest thing I could do right now. Like you don't need to see, you know, the takes that didn't make it, all the work feeding into it. You just see like this one magical, amazing thing that was like everything going right at one time, which only happens because all the stuff before it, like leading up to it, like a lot of failure went into that, but we're not used to seeing failure, especially in the people we idolize. Like we're not used to seeing anything but like the most curated specific ideal of like, oh, this is what a true guitarist is they probably have a lot of the same insecurities and all this other stuff, but just at a very different level because no matter who you are, there's still someone better or someone better at something. So the idea of is if all you consume is media of other people being perfect at the thing you want to get better at, it can be very discouraging as opposed to inspiring. Yeah. And, and something that comes to mind is uh, something the drummer and educator Mike Johnston brought up at one point, and this has stuck with me for so long and it's specifically, uh, he was talking about drummers, but it definitely goes farther than that where he said he likes to think about 
he doesn't like to think about better or worse at music. He likes to think about different places on the timeline, and he always used the drumstick, like, you know, the bottom of the stick and, like, the tip of the stick as, like, here's where you start and here's where you end, and, like, everyone's on a different place inside of that timeline because, like, especially in music, like, age, all these different factors that come into, like, playing matter so much less than, like, the amount of time and mm -hmm. the amount of, like, or, or time inside of a certain time span and also the time span you have been playing. It's like, oh, well, I've been playing guitar for 25 years, but if you've only been picking up the guitar, like, once a week for, like, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. then you're pretty much going to be, however good you're going to yeah. be, with that amount of time put in, but someone might be playing like, oh yeah, I've only been playing, I've been playing for like two years, mm -hmm. but they've been practicing for five hours a day because they love it and they're yeah. going to be absolutely crazy. That, or, was, that was actually Alexi for me because, I mean, he was obviously played music other times, but when he told me the, how little of his time he was actually playing guitar, I'm like, oh, that speaks to a lot of focus in terms of like, because I've been playing guitar since I was 12 or 13, I think maybe even younger for you, around 12, the same age mm -hmm. for electric. Um, and I, when did Alexi start? It was... It was definitely later. Like high school. Yeah. And then yeah. I think only really like took it seriously after going to college or something. I just remember being like, oh, wow. Like that, like that much ability inside a short amount of time just says, like you were saying, like it's not about the time, the, you know, years itself. It's like how much dedication and focus and like intentionality and like planning, like, like clearly dedication to craft is not just measured in. I've been doing this for X amount of years. Like there's so much more that goes into it. Like you're saying. Yeah, and, and another thing um, that, that came to mind when you're talking about um, the social media, especially when it's like all you're really seeing is like the perfect ideal of like everyone. Like that's why I made a post. I don't even remember how long ago it is, was at this point. It was probably like a couple months ago. But like I was kind of like a little bit frustrated with the fact that that's how the case, like mm -hmm. how things are. And it's one of those things where I was like, what if I just posted me just messing up over and over <laughs> again? Because like literally that's what happens when I'm, especially when I'm trying to work out some of the percussive guitar stuff. It's mm. like, it is just failure on repeat. Uh -huh. <laughs> it is like, it never happens the way I wanted to the first try. It's mm. it not even the hundredth try. It's like literally like this thing, this finger, right hand, bass drum hit, third finger, second finger, pull off, snare. Mm. And it's like, I literally just have to go through that amount of times to the point where it starts to become muscle memory. And yeah. I don't think about it much. And it's like, but that's what happens for everyone. And I feel like that was, it's just something nice to know. It's like what you're seeing there is not reality. And like mm -hmm. everyone has the reality of, you know, starting from nothing. Like no one, no matter how naturally talented they are, literally picked up an instrument. It was what they are now right away. It's mm. never happened. I mean, even for people like, you know, Corey Henry who are uh -huh. like playing crazy organ when they were like four or something. It's like, <laughs> Even though he was still doing that when he was four, he started when he was like two and probably <laughs> played like every day at his church and probably picked it up like a sponge. Uh -huh. And he didn't just go on the keyboard and immediately touch it and then start playing like that. You know, <laughs> it's like everyone has that. And maybe some people have more of a capacity mm. to get to a certain place more so than others, depending on how early they start too. It's sure. like, I, I have an opinion of you. If you start when you're later than, I would say like between 10 and 12, if you start later than that, it is immediately like 50 times harder for you to become to that like prodigal level of like uh -huh. people like Jacob Collier and Corey Henry, where it's mm -hmm. like, they just started when they were so young that it's like almost like, and they put so much time into it that it's like almost impossible for an average person who starts when they're like in their teen years mm -hmm. to catch up to like that thing. Definitely. But that doesn't mean you can't be the best version of whatever capacity you have. And I think that's mm -hmm. the thing. And it doesn't even need to be the best chops or like the, you know, the best theory. It just has to be the best version of whatever you're the want to do. Right. And like mm -hmm. that often doesn't even involve being the most technical, like the most subtle, the most dynamic, the most right. melodic, like the you most can, you, yeah, yeah, the most you, you can just go for any sort of amount of things. And I think as long as like, that's your goal inside of 
what you're aiming at, I think that you're going to be going in a direction that's probably meaningful and satisfying to you, the individual, which I don't really think you should be trying to reflect off of people mm-hmm. that are at those other levels. I mean, you can look up to them. I look up to those people very highly and knowing that I won't be able to do those things, but not also not saying and saying that's okay. You know, like I don't need to do those things. And I also don't really particularly care about <laughs> doing those things. Like if I wanted to, you know, attempt to become a really, really great jazz keyboardist, why would I be doing what I'm doing right now? Like that just doesn't even make sense. Right. But it's like, right. um, so I just think that's like a definitely an important message. And uh, to bring it back to the failure thing though, even those people had to, they look back at their old selves and like, I can't believe I yeah. played this note and over this chord and <laughs> I, I can't believe I did this and I can't believe that is how I used to go about recording things. Yeah, and everybody it, has their own version of that. Yeah. But in, in the willingness to be, you know, a fool when you first start is, is so necessary that if you don't see that as being necessary, you literally won't get anywhere with anything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like where people get stuck. Cause like, and I hesitate to say like this, but I think it's almost like a harsh reality where it's like, sometimes if you think if it's like, okay, here's where I am right now. And that's like, not, not self-accepting yourself. Cause you should self, you should accept the way yourself, the way you are currently, but also with the skepticism, like, okay, but what could I could be mm-hmm. if I actually tried, you know? Cause if you're just, everyone was always like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I don't need to do anything else. I don't really need to go anywhere. I think like what I am is right now is super sufficient. It's like, well, first of all, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> and second of all, like, it's just, there's a lot of like, you know, meaning and I'm sure, you know, you, you pursue, you've pursued the highest like level of like, you know, your concentration and like mixing mastering. I'm sure that was like extremely meaningful and like, you know, knowing you're going to go in and be learning a bunch of things and not, you know, looking at uh, yourself like four years ago and being like, this is as good as I'm going to get. And right. I-, I think this is fine. And it's like, like, you can say that, but like, good luck, like finding meaning for the rest of your life. Like, right. And, yeah, and I think, I think the healthiest version of that is accepting the idea that, like you said, like, it's not about just where you are. It's about kind of the journey. Like I, and I truly very much do believe this, that like, I, at least the things that I'm interested in, in particular, the, the production and mixing stuff that I spend the most time focusing on, I don't, I hope that I only ever keep doing, like keep pursuing it. So even if I wasn't going to go to school for it or anything like that, like the idea of like, I don't think I'm ever going to stop continuing what I can see as like a never ending process. Like the idea for that not to feel overwhelming, but like that's kind of a beautiful thing of like, I'm never going to get bored with production because I'm never going to be able to do everything or do everything at the level that I want to. Or like the things that are might get me excited about production 10 years from now might not even exist yet. Like maybe things that have been invented the same way that like 10 years ago, you'd have a much harder time of saying like what music sounds like right now that all that stuff or like even the, you know, the sonics, sonics that people are chasing now that that was going to be a thing or a trend or anything so yeah I mean I think that's like kind of the beautiful part of it is that like thinking of it as a journey not as a destination is like oh I'm always going to be excited about this or I hope to always be excited about this because I'm so I, I engage so much more with the process of it like the process is the reward out of except not so much the this is where I am now and this is where I wanted to be so I've made it and now I'm done like I don't think I'll ever be done and I'm very happy about that like I don't ever want to feel that way like there's nothing more I can do because all that really says is, and we've said this about people who listen to music as well. Like, if there's nothing more you can do or there's nothing you like, that's a reflection on you, not everything else. So people are like, oh, there's no good music out today. I'm like, oh, that, that really speaks to you, the individual, how you engage with music because, of course, there's good music out today. Or, like, of course, there's more to learn about any instrument, anything. So the idea of, like, either you're done or you're satisfied enough to stop doing the thing kind of means you've just, like, 
lost a little bit of that passion and creativity and just like the driving force of what what it feels like to do the thing because at the end of the day it is it, it needs to be something for you that pleases you so like i love for, on a personal level like i love the process of working and being creative and producing and all those things and like i don't think that's going to go away because i what i see is all that other stuff like the producing thing is the stable thing. It's all the other factors. Like this artist, this song, we're trying to accomplish this thing. That's always going to be something a little new, a little fresh, a little different, something unique to that experience. And I think a lot of it is just about the framing device. Cause I think one of the things I really enjoy when I see it is like, things on you know TikTok or YouTube that are way more about the process behind something than just the thing itself I think is really really interesting which I mean you can even see videos of like people talking about like this is my process or this is my studio but it's still like here I am giving you the impression that like everything I do is perfect and pristine and I'm organized in every single way which is like it's so much more inspiring to see somebody talk about like I learned this in my career because this happened in terms of like, I learned this from something not going right than just giving you the impression that like, I've always been at the top of my game and successful and there's no real entry point beyond just like you have it or you don't, which I think is especially a very old way of thinking in terms of like, you're not on a journey, like what is your destination and are you there yet is not nearly as important to me personally at least as far as like, where do I want to be and how can I stay excited about always chasing something that's a little bit out of reach? Yeah, and, and that's where the other thing too is you'll never run out of inspiration that way too because if you put yourself in a box of like, okay, well, here's a realistic thing and then once I'm there, that's going to be satisfying and I'm done. It's like, what do you do when you get, is mm -hmm. that it? Like yeah. that's, it's over now? Like you're not going to go any farther? And um, I just feel like it's a good way to look at things to realize that I think that, you know, the enjoyment of things and the meaning is to be found in like the journey itself of improvement, not necessarily in the, I mean, it's not to say that you can't get happiness from getting to the peaks of something mm -hmm. you want to get to. Of course, you're going to feel great when you're trying to learn a song for three months and you finally learn it, but that doesn't mean, all right, I'm, I've peaked. I'm, you done, know? I'm done learning songs now. <laughs> I've learned this really complicated song or, or this really tough finger picking part or whatever it happens to be, or, you know, my mix finally, you know, is to the same degree or indistinguishable from you know other producers of the genre that means that i am now done mm -hmm. and i'm not and i would say even the people who are the best at what they do don't think like that right. like you know you think you know people like the best producers in the world or the best musicians once they got to the point there are um are like yeah actually once i was able to do those sweeps at about 200 bpm with all these <laughs> different arpeggios in every key i kind of was just like I've done it yeah, and I'm it's done over. I've done learning and it's like uh, I don't think anyone who's ever you know been accomplished in their life has ever had a mindset like that ever mm -hmm. um, and I think that the people that constantly are inspiring are the people who are willing to keep pushing themselves like I actually saw um, an interview it was Rick Beato oh yeah it was the Pat Metheny interview okay. with yep. Rick Beato and something that I you know he said that I thought was just so amazing and so humbling um, from a guy like that who's just played on so much stuff and accomplished so much stuff is he said that oh man, I'm constantly learning new things. He's like, I'm constantly working on things like I can't do yet. There's so many things I can't do. And Rick Beato was just kind of looking, I'm like, what? <laughs> like you're Pat Metheny. And it's That's... like, but, but he just was so genuine about that. Uh -huh. He was like, yeah, man, like I, there was a lot of stuff I could do. But once I got to that point, he was like, well, how can I make this better? Or how can I improve myself? How can I even approach the instrument in a way that I haven't approached it before to let me discover new things? Mm. And he's like, That's what makes it fun. That's why I'm still doing it. He, mm. by all means, 
could probably just be like, all right, well, you know, enough people. Yeah, nobody's telling Pat Metheny that he's not good enough. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> like if you, like, if you're a jazz guitarist, it's like, oh yeah, he's like a pillar. Like, yeah. The, and that just tells you so much about him as a person and his ethos that it is, that it is very much about like his love of what he's doing is not based on his accomplishment because you would you would have you'd be hard pressed to find a more accomplished musician than Pat Metheny at least in his genre. So the idea of like yeah he it's it's not getting to a stopping place like we said it's like going further on the journey and I think even that stuff like and we've talked about this before as far as like the plateau of guitar is like oh I've removed the things that I was having the worst time with it's like oh now you're like really into it because now you're not just worried about like can I make this note happen now it's about all the nuance around that and that's like a never ending well like I've never I've never heard any musician be like yeah I just get tired of like there came a point where I was just like yeah I'm happy with like it's as dynamic and as interesting as it's ever going to be like I'm not going to keep going down that rabbit hole it's like no no like that's just music like like that's just the thing about music is that is endlessly rewarding the same way that like I'm not bored as a listener of listening to music because I'm constantly like invigorated with new and interesting things happening and I think that's really where like people it starts to fall away is like the same people who I think are saying things like oh yeah I just like can't get into any new music it's like okay like you you've sort of reached a point where like your natural curiosity for the thing has been overpowered by a, a very natural maybe need for like something familiar something comfortable something easy like if you stop challenging yourself you'll never be in a position where you're uncomfortable because you're not challenging yourself so the idea of you know Pat Metheny being revered as such an amazing musician we were just listening to Pat Metheny today from an album that came out in the mid 70s that still sounded like super fresh and great like somebody could put that out today and they'd be like oh cool somebody listened to a lot of Pat Metheny I guess like it's, it was just like oh yeah this is still great like this many years later like the idea of like that point was just like a jumping off point for him to try a lot of other things like you're not going to run out of things to try so you're never going to be the master of everything so if that's if that excites you and it is kind of a cliche word and I use an education a lot but like the concept of lifelong learner it's not like I went to school so I could learn the thing so I stopped learning and then I did the other stuff and I know I've said this before but like I think I learned most of the valuable things I needed to know for what I actually do once I left school and put myself in positions where I could like fail and something would go horribly wrong or like we've even talked about like freelance stuff like the only reason I knew how much I should be charging is because I I charged too little and I saw what it did like I was like oh this is how people value your time when you tell them your time doesn't have much value like that's a hard lesson to learn and you're only going to know that by doing the wrong thing or to go the opposite and be like my time is worth th worse this much and don't work for six months because nobody else uh, you, nobody feels like you, you can prove that with what you've already done like you can only really know that by trying it and, so, and I think one of the most dangerous things the safest thing is to just not try that thing than to try and like make a huge mistake and set yourself back whatever but, but yeah the idea that like if you want to get where you're going you have to be really open to putting yourself in a position that you might make a horrible mistake or a really bad lapse in judgment because otherwise how do you know what like the good choice or the good judgment is unless you put yourself in a place where things could go wrong and you might you know enter in a situation that you'll later regret because you didn't have the raw data you now have about how you make these decisions knowing with some greater sense of certainty how they're going to play out. Yeah, and that's a really good point because I was going to say on the topic of, you know, making mistakes and failing, there's just as much knowledge in what you should do as what you in and what you shouldn't do as what you should do because more, if more you more knowledge. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say it's more, yeah, yeah, it's better. Yeah, you know, once you cuz that narrows down 
like, I feel like, you know, when you approach anything, it doesn't matter what it is in, in life, you know, there's a lot of maybe ask, you can even ask it as a question, what should you do? Or like, there's a lot of what should you do's in every aspect of life. But, you know, that instead of trying a bunch of what, you know, shoulds, you know, you might try a bunch of shows and then they become shouldn'ts and then the shoulds become narrower. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, now here's in this given cir- circumstance, I've done all the shouldn'ts already because I now saw the result of the shouldn'ts. But the thing is, you know, all those mistakes and all the, like, the shouldn't do things, like you have to go in with a mindset, a healthy mindset, knowing, hey, this is going to happen if I want to get better at this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It is not like if, if you and... This is, I guess, the downfall of the absolutist perfectionist mm-hmm. where it's like everything needs to be perfect. If it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. It's like, well, then you're never going to get to the place you want to be because everything you do is not going to be perfect. No matter who you are or what you're doing, the best person, the best thing at any given thing is still going to slip up at some point and then get, you know, further narrowing that what they should do or how they should approach category. Mm-hmm. So in order to make that should category, in order to make your path on the thing you're trying to do even more narrow, not even just on the path of an instrument, just the path of like what you're trying to do with your life in general. It's like you can only narrow that path by figuring out what you shouldn't do. Because if you just have, uh, you're just out here with an unlimited amount of options, then like, well, I should, I could do and maybe should do any given one of these things. But mm-hmm. like, I'm too nervous about the reflection of me if things don't go the way I want. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to stay in this position I am now because it's comfortable and it's like see that that's I feel like that's easy to fall into like Mm -hmm. um actually that's a a mindset you know I I kind of looked at because you know it's not like I didn't like the way things were going in PA I actually really was really enjoying myself but like part of me was always wondering like well if I don't do the Sweetwater thing I will never know right what would have how greater I could have became in any capacity in this field especially when it comes to knowledge, overall knowledge of these products because I wasn't willing and I was afraid of letting go mm-hmm. of what I had for what I could have. Right. And I think that's like another kind of weird universal truism where it's like to get what you want, sometimes you need to let go of what you are now. Mm-hmm. And some people are too afraid to let go of what they have now because what they have now isn't so bad. Right, yeah. And that's that's a tough one. Like, Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's like such a, a life balance thing because yeah, too much in any one way of like, yeah, because if you're super comfortable, you get super complacent and like you just sort of stop growing. But if everything is a struggle, then it's like that's really hard to just have like even the time you need to process it. Because, yeah, I think the healthy, healthy balance is definitely like assuming that failure is inevitable because the because the idea of managing your life or whatever you're passionate about around putting yourself in a position where you, you'll fail if you go out of your way to avoid those things. Like if, like, if that is your goal to only ever do the correct version of it, yeah, like you, I agree, you're basically making a very narrow path for yourself where you're like, I can do this and only this exact thing without any danger of failure, so I have to stay within these lines really carefully. And I, I think we even said it during like the songwriting um, podcast where it's like, it's way more efficient to write five horrible failures of songs and really consider it than to accidentally write one good song and then be like cool now I'm not going to do anything else until magic hope it, ha- magic happens again and I write that one thing it's like cool you'll write a lot less songs in general that way so maybe yeah the one song a year you write is great but if you really put in the work and wrote 5, 10, 20 bad songs eventually you get to the point where you're writing more more things you like than things you hate and you overall have found a way to be much more productive than if you just 
really carefully just abandoned everything that wasn't immediately working, right? To be like, I'm, I don't want to put in effort on something that's going to fail, so I'm just not going to put in the effort. It's like, okay, then you're just missing the opportunity because it's just a much more efficient teacher than success is. Because all success tells you is like, if it happens again and I do the exact same thing, I think it'll work twice, right? Like, that's all it's saying is like, this worked once, so therefore if the exact same thing happens again, I can try it again, and if, they, if that works too, then I'll try it a third time until it does eventually doesn't work, and then I don't know what my plan B is, as opposed to like going for the failure. And I love this thing. I've, I've said it a lot when I'm working with people in the studio, especially if we're in a situation where like something's not fully written, is like make big mistakes or like make loud mistakes, because I would so much rather, and it doesn't matter what type of instrumentalist, I think this is for anything, I would so much rather have someone take a big swing and have it be awful than just right in the middle of being like, oh, well, I can kind of do this and this is comfortable, so like, I don't want to get too crazy with it. It's like, no, like really swing for the fences because four times, it might be the unimaginable worst thing for four times out of five, but the one time that it works, it's going to be so much more transcendent than the super careful, like, don't want to go any too far in one direction, like, because really it is a sense of protection of like not putting yourself out there to fail that if you, if that's the way you live, then it's like going to be really hard for you to find a really magical moment of transcendent. If everything you're doing is just managing your ability to protect yourself and it in some way protect your ego. Cause I think, especially in something as collaborative as music, ego is such a dangerous thing. Cause really what I think what we consider ego is, is just, um, an unacceptance of failure in that like what I present to myself or to other people is only the thing I'm the most comfortable in. So therefore I can justify who I am based around that, that, that I couldn't if I was constantly failing, which is like, okay, I get that. I would much rather work with someone who is comfortable with failing than somebody who is maybe technically better, but is just like Un, 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 unaccustomed to failure because let me say how you deal with failure is just basically how you grow in anything that you do is just how how do you what's your healthy relationship between you know the personal goals you set for yourself and the understanding that when you don't meet those goals it's it's a time to grow not a time to retreat from the process. Mm -hmm.